for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 328 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Wynn. And he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Back from the most magical place on Earth. Indeed. So, buddy, I've got a lot of questions. I want to hear about the Disney trip. How did it go? It was great. I mean, there was... I can't complain about anything. I wasn't there when the AWS crashed and all the Disney World crashed. Oh, there was. Oh, I didn't hear about this. What happened? Uh, it must have been the day we left Tuesday, but long about noon on Tuesday, the Amazon uh, server, like cloud server, crashed, and so most stuff on the East Coast, you know, was just down. The internet was done down for like a day. Oh shit! I had and no idea. This happened at Disney World, like all you know, all Lightning Lane, Fast Pass, like all you know. Uh, uh, like dinner reservations and stuff, all of that was lost. Anything you'd have well, to use the internet for, basically. Right. Or a point of sale system, because all those point right. of sale systems run on, yeah, like a cloud server. Bro, that's br- brutal. I had no idea that even happened. Yeah. Man, y'all lucked out, I guess, huh? Yeah, we really did. So, um, I okay, I take it that uh, there was no Tower of Terror terror right no we we didn't do tower the kid was fearless the first time and i don't know if the tower of terror just soured him on everything but there are things that he didn't want to do that weren't necessarily that scary but he just was not having it oh really yeah like uh you know the buzz Lightyear ride where you 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 shoot laser gun he was terrified because it was in the dark and and i mean like literally the last time he did it he had a blast and i don't know if he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed or, you know, just weird, weird parts, you know. Man, I that sucks because that's like one of my favorite rides from when we went to yeah. Disneyland. That show does cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Did you get to do any? So I know one thing that you guys went to do that made me supremely jealous that I've seen some videos and stuff online was y'all went yeah. to that space station themed restaurant at Ep- epcot yeah. 
How was that shit? It's called Space 220. It's really cool. And um, what you do is you get in you get in what feels like an elevator and it's an orbital elevator. Like it shoots you from, there's a screen above you and a screen below you and you shoot off from Epcot up, up a space elevator, uh-huh. an orbital elevator to a platform space station. And like, you know, the ride happens in a matter of moments, but you get to watch it the whole time, you know, as you leave the planet and approach the space station above and below you. And then you get off the elevator and you're in the restaurant and the inside of the restaurant, um, is basically, like a semicircle with large bay windows. Right. That are all L- like LED screens or whatever that yeah. make it Super seem like you're high space. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. You get to see the Earth orbit. <laughs> you see spaceships come and go. There are astronauts out there. You know, it's you're just watching the hustle and bustle of, of spacecraft orbiting planet Earth, you know, while you're eating dinner. Man, that's cool. Man, it was really that's cool. Cool. cool experience. My wife was not impressed with the food, you know, and she thought the food would be you know, even better. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean like it's resort food, you know, of course it needs salt and pepper or seasoning or something like they have to equally, uh, you know, appeal to the old folks as they do, you know, the people with exquisite palates. So yeah, that's what know. I was going to ask is how the food was, uh, it was all right. It was all right. It was it's all right. theme I mean, park it's, foods. It's theme park food. Yep. Yeah. It, it was not incredibly special. And of course there are some space, you know, themed dishes, but they weren't, they themselves weren't out of this world. They were just, you. they were ordinary. Uh, so did you get to do any of the Galaxy's Edge stuff that you get didn't get to do the first time around? I still didn't get to do Smuggler's Run. Um, but uh, I, I did Rise of the Resistance again. again. Oh, I'm yeah. so jealous. And we did the Orgas Cantina. Oh yeah, uh, you went to the Cantina. That's right. How is that, man? I want to. It's oh. fucking killer. Is it? It's killer. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they uh, they want you to get in and out, so like you don't really get to hang out in there very long. Right, because they're trying to get. Because from what I understand, it's not that big. Actually, it is not. It is literally the U around the Cantina bar, and that is it. You know, yeah. like. Um, but I mean, it's very immersive, you know, all the tables, all the decorations, you know, the little robot DJ, you know, he's playing the hits, playing the galactic hits, all the drinks are neat and weird. Um, uh, like we got a bunch of different kind and what they do, um, some of these drinks are, they have like a disc of either liquid nitrogen or dry ice It's probably dry ice, um, in the bottom and it causes the beverage to bubble. Uh, the entire uh, time. That's cool. So, what uh, did you have? Do you remember what drink you had? What you guys had? I had a Bespin Fizz. Uh huh. Um, the kids had, uh, like Virgin, right? You know, you know, versions. I forget what they were called, but my wife had a Fuzzy Tauntaun, and my dad had an Outer Rim. And uh, they were all really good. The fuzzy tonhan was weird because it has like some sort of numbing agent. Yeah, that, uh, in the uh-uh. foam or whatever. Yeah, when you sip it, and then you're like, "Oh, this is interesting." And then as it settles, you're like, "Oh, my lips are going numb. My lips are tingling." Ooh. I kept That's thinking about awesome. uh, Jar Jar Beaks going like, "My tongue is numb." <laughs> um, but it's not necessarily numbness. It's more like tingly, right? Kind of if you eat too many Sour Patch Kids. Okay, okay. And there's kind of like a, uh, like, yeah, like a tingly. Minor chemical burn going on in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
uh, it's kind of like the element. There's an element of pineapple that eats you as you eat it, and it's kind of similar to that. All right, man, that's cool. So, uh, your dad was this your first time for your dad uh, being at Galaxy's Edge? It was, yeah. What did he think? Because I know your dad. He's a Disney guy and a Star Wars guy. So what did he think about the marriage of the two? I mean, he thought it was really neat. And again, so my wife, we did Lightning Lane. Uh-huh. And I know that's very helpful for cutting down on like lane riding and stuff. But dude, you run back and forth of the park. You don't really get to do a section of the park. Right. You basically ping pong across the entire park trying to hit your Lightning Lane times. And you, you know, you, you, you're doing laps around the park and it... It's nice, but it's kind of frustrating to a certain extent because you don't really get to like experience being in Galaxy's Edge or Tomorrowland or wherever you're at, right? Yeah, you're like, all right, we did the Star Wars ride, got to go over to Toy Story Land for this appointment, you know, and then like, oh, got to go over to, you know, it's just, it definitely takes away from the immersion of it. Um, But I did get to go in the market. There's like a marketplace Mm -hmm. um, next to the restaurant. and uh, I, there's a bunch of cool stuff in there, you know, uh, oh, yeah. that I, you know, there's like the Jedi apparel shop, you know, robes and whatnot. And then there's one that's all creatures, like all, literally yeah. all animals, um, uh, monkey lizards that you can control, you know, with a little, they'll sit on your shoulder and you can control them with like a, a little controller. Yeah. Like almost like a little shoulder marionette or something. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and they're like porgs. Mm-hmm. You can get a porg with a magnetic thing to stick up on your shoulder. Man, that's cool. Did you really cool. did you guys eat at the Star Wars restaurant? No, we didn't eat at I the Star you. Wars restaurant. Um, something something roasters or rocket roasters. Ronto like roasters. Ronto's roasters. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think there's um, two, and then there's Docking Bay, something another. Okay, I, I'm telling you this. Whenever I actually get to go to Disney. To go to Galaxy's Edge, there is no oh let's go to Toy Story Land. Like if yeah, you better you, you better know what have I mean? you better split Hollywood into two different days so you can spend all day in Galaxy's Edge one day and then do the rest of Hollywood Studios the next day. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking because <clears throat> you know, like I know Jesse will want to check out other parts of Disney World, which is obviously you know there's a lot of other mm-hmm. cool stuff to see too, but. I need like a day for just Galaxy's Edge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. After you all this do. waiting and anticipating going and still haven't had, you know, haven't gone mm-hmm. yet, there's going to I'm going to be needing to spend some time cuz you know what? I want to eat at the restaurant. I want to check out all the merch. I want to be like how the how the hell am I going to get all this home? I bought a bunch of stupid stuff. Mhm. And uh you definitely want to be on your reservations like three or four months out before your trip because yeah. a lot of that stuff in like gets filled the second it becomes available. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is a weird criticism and I don't mean it as a criticism. Um, the rise of the resistance ride is awesome and it's specifically about the new crew, like right. The sequel right. trilogy. Um, the, one of the things about riding the lightning lane pass you don't get to see any of the barracks. Like there are no cases of thermal detonators and cases of blasters and like, Oh, so you don't get that line experience. You don't get to go through any of that, which they Um, actually, you know, put quite a bit of work into like, right. 
Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, and so, and the other thing about the Rise of the Resistance ride, um, you know, there's no C-3PO or R2-D2. And I know it's about the new crew. Like, there's BB-8 there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I went to do Star Tours later in the day, and I can't tell you how satisfying, you know, I, you know, Star Wars is the older ride. Like, I'm not supposed to be as excited. But I was just, you know, going up the line for that, you know, the standby was like five, ten minutes. So there was no need for a lightning lane. But, you know, walking past R2 and C-3PO bantering on the way yeah. in. And, you know, C-3PO driving the ship. There was something magical about having them there as well on that ride, like included. And I kept thinking, man. Should have stuck these guys in Rise of the Resistance somewhere. That it really, I don't know. It's Chef Kiss right on the end, cherry on the Sunday. Like it's it's interesting because I know uh, Nyan Nam right as part of Rise of the Resistance. Right. So yeah. Now I wonder if part of it is because Star Tours is so heavily themed towards those characters, mm-hmm. um, and I also know that like certain times a day r2d2 sort of wanders galaxy's edge does he really yeah and you can run into like you know of a full scale remote control r2d2 that's out and about taking pictures with folks and interacting and stuff (laughs) so that's there's not a lot of crowd interact unless unless he's just a full-on robot um, which would make sense, you know, he can interact with people, but there's like almost no crowd interaction well, with the characters these days. Like yeah. they are platformed and like they are well away from the crowd. Yeah. Well, that's for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, hopefully we will see a day when that stuff comes back, but mm-hmm. you know, I think they're trying to operate this mega business and, you know, hopefully keep their cast members and stuff as safe as possible, you know? That's been one of the things, because a couple of times, you know, Jesse and I have had, you know, special events or stuff, like, you know, when our anniversary was coming up, Jesse was like, do you want to go do Disney? And part of me is like, yes, I really do. I really want to go to Galaxy's Edge. But another part of me is also like, do I want to kind of try and wait it out so I can get, like, the full experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Um but you know who knows who knows when that'll be or if that'll be a thing so i don't need to keep putting it off that's for sure because next thing i know i'll get like you know some horrible disease and be on my deathbed being like i never got to go to galaxy's edge no way you need to go to galaxy's edge so um we've got some cool stuff to talk about this week we're going to talk about uh, we're going to finally wrap up our um, Star Wars Visions series, and we're going to talk about Akakiri and sort of the production behind that, of course. We've got some new casting stuff. We've got a new video game that's honestly a bit of a mixed bag, but we'll get into all of that and uh, some other stuff. So that should be fun. Our vision series has unintentionally been one of the longest running segments on uh, on Blue Harvest, only because we like pepper other things in there. Well, and you know, well, the other thing is, is like we took a week off um, mm-hmm. when I had my surgery, and so we skipped a week. And then last week, I did a solo show, and I didn't want to just uh, 
talk about it by myself. I wanted to have you to play off of. So, right. yeah, we've kind of extended it by a couple of weeks, even past um, what it uh, normally would have been. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It kind of served the purpose I was hoping it would serve in that we're only a couple of weeks, <laughs> like three weeks, basically, away from the Book of Boba Fett. So it helped us, you know, get through what normally would have been sort of lean weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, <clears throat> that's been handy as well. So before we get into all that, you guys should follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Yeah, if anybody gets annoyed with that, you can thank Jesse for getting me a megaphone for Christmas for the podcast. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Meh, meh. Meh, meh. Weird how I miss him. Um. Uh oh. Uh, and if you really want to support this, these kind of shenanigans, you can check us out on Patreon at Blue Harvest Podcast on Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash Blue Harvest Podcast. So concerned about fucking with this megaphone, right? That mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I uh, totally fucked up the URL. So that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast, where you go, and you sign up, and you get access to all of our bonus podcasts. What kind of bonus podcast, you may be asking? Well, we've got Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Steve versus the Prequels, Podula Rasa with Emily Lind, Star Wars Year by Podcast with our buddy Steel, Masters of Harvest Cossie with King Tom, uh, immediate reactions to the Mandalorian and Bad Batch. And, you know, we're going to be putting up immediate reactions to, uh, the book of Boba Fett when that kicks off, of course. So yeah, uh, check it out. Patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. And a big shout out to all of our patrons. You guys are the best. So, hey, hey, besides Disney, how have you been? I mean, I know like right. that long of a Disney trip had to drain you. Like it's one of those vacations, right? Where you're like, I kind of need a vacation from my vacation. I mean, it absolutely is. I mean, my, and I'll say this, my kids were fine, you know, the whole time, and, you know, <clears throat> one is one and the other is five and they were being average one year olds and five year olds on the plane. You know, they were fine. A little bit of shushing, some upsetness, but nothing, no meltdowns, no, no nightmare scenario until like 30 minutes before home. Like we get, we get, when we get to Memphis, uh, two of our bags are broken. Like the wheels, they, you know, they have, they have broken two of our suitcases cause they're like the hard outer shell part. <laughs> right. <clears throat> one wheel is missing and another a wheel on another one is just the corners just crushed to oblivion. And my wife is pissed, right? Like, my wife is super pissed. And I was like, look, take the kids to the car. Let me deal with the baggage people because we will get further with them if I am not, if I don't send you in there pissed off. (laughs) So uh, I take care of that. 
we get back to the car. We get on the road. Everything's fine. It's a two-hour trip from Memphis to Tupelo, and but like an hour and a half in, Liam is just exhausted from the trip, exhausted from the flights, and I forget what it was that made him melt down, but he decided that he was going to put on his very best screaming and crying. And then he worked his sister up too. So then they're both screaming and crying. Like, and I, when I say screaming and crying, I mean, I mean it like screaming and sobbing and like, I'm trying all things. I'm singing wheels on the bus. We're talking about what you might want for Christmas. Like what's on your list. (laughs) I mean, and like, you know, I'm trying everything here. And like, there's that moment where your eyes twitching and there's this symphony of chaos in your ears oh. and you're just like, just shoot me, shoot me in the face. <laughs> you know, if I ran this truck off the road, I don't know how mad I would be at the moment right now. Like, it's just like, I need it to stop. Like I need it to stop. I need it to stop just for a second. Uh, but that was the very end of the trip, you know? Hey man, one one mega met, meltdown on a six day trip that ain't bad, I guess. That's what I said. You know, if it's gonna happen, let it happen at the very very tail end, right before we get home. It, it's one of those things where like your nerves are so shot and your patience are gone that like you laugh. You're laughing so that you don't cry. <laughs> yeah. Like you're just laughing and your kids are like, "What's funny?" And you're like, "Nothing." Nothing is fucking funny at all right now. Not a fucking thing is funny. Buddy, like, you know, I love Liam. You know, mm-hmm. like, I love, like, my nephew and my cousin's kids. But what you just described right there, buddy, that's mm-hmm. why Jesse and I have decided not to have kids. Hey, man, I, I don't know that I can blame you. You know, like, I'm never going to be someone who's like, other people shouldn't have kids. I'm not that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for me and for Jesse, not the move. Not the move. Because <clears throat> I get, like, I get freaked out in situations like that. Real bad. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I it, like it just, my nerves, dude, I get freaked out. Like, I get freaked out in, like, you know, this past weekend we had to go to, uh, Mississippi for my grandmother's funeral, right? And mm-hmm. after the funeral, we will all went over to her house. So it was me, all my cousins, some of which I haven't seen in years, aunts, uncles, mom and dad, Jesse, everybody's spouses. And you've been at my grandmother's house, not the biggest house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of people in that little house. And it was just, and like, they're trying, like one set of cousins is trying to watch the Alabama Georgia game and, other cousins are debating about where we're go- where they're all going to go eat and all their kids are running around and playing and it wasn't like you know bad chaos it wasn't like people were fighting and yelling and screaming but it was just chaos it was kind of like christmas vacation chaos <gasps> and um she got you. she got me a little bit she got me a little bit and she did text me but i wasn't looking at my phone so that's my own fault that was my own fault. Well, you know, you can get you her now. You have a megaphone. Right? You got me. You have a megaphone now. Yeah. You can get her. Uh-huh. I'm going to get her with that megaphone. Real good. Real good one day. Um uh so yeah, not bad chaos, but just loud and chaotic and you know, probably uh, 
the most people I've been around in like a house like that in a couple of years, right? So after a little bit, I was like, "Hey, we should uh, we should go ahead and go." We got to see everybody. I need to hit the road and get home and relax. Because it was already stressful and, and sad and all the other shit that comes along with something like that. So, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> to go through. Hey, man, look, it's, it's something everybody's got to go through. It's just, you know, one thing after another, my dude. I know. One thing after another. I'm hoping, fingers crossed. The home health nurse is coming by tomorrow. She's going to take the stitches out of my knee. And then next week, on the 15th, I have what is supposedly my final appointment. So hopefully, after those two things, the knee saga is over. Oh, the fella. You know? Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, at least. And that will be real nice. So, um... I didn't get to talk to you about it last week, but there was a couple of casting things that came out about Ahsoka, right? They mm-hmm. they announced, uh, well, they didn't officially announce. Some of the trade publications announced like a casting uh, for Sabine and a casting for some sort of new character, right? They cast two ladies in roles for Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty clear that production on Ahsoka is uh, heating up, right? It's, it's in full gear. And we know, um, you know, according to rumors and stuff, another one of the shows that was going to go into production next year was Acolyte, the Acolyte. And okay. just today, maybe yesterday, we got some word about casting for that show. And that word is that uh, Star Wars series, the Acolyte, Eyes Amandla Steinberg Stenberg for lead mm. role, and this comes from Variety. Um, so once again, I did some research into what they've done in the past, and it seemed like sort of the biggest thing that on their resume was Hunger Games, I think. Okay, um, but it looks like <laughs> you know, of course, if this rumor turns out to be true. Um, that the Acolyte has found their lead character. And uh, that's exciting, man. It's lots of Star Wars stuff getting made and getting wrapped up being made, you know, with Obi-Wan and Cassian and uh, Mandalorian Season 3 being in production, Book of Boba Fett just 20 days away as of today. Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to hear. Like, it's one of those things where it's nice to hear some forward momentum on one of these things, you know? Absolutely. So, I'm really excited. That's a show that I think um, has a lot of potential, you know, with it being set in the waning days of the the High Republic stuff. And, you know, just to, to see a new era of Star Wars on screen that we haven't seen before. It's not quite old Republic which is one of my favorite things, but High Republic's pretty fucking solid so far. So to right. get uh, a show based on that, <clears throat> and you know if that goes into production late spring, summer, I think is what people are saying next year, then that'll be a show we get in 2023. 
So that's cool. Um, also, okay, you remember a couple weeks ago, there was the whole kerfuffle, right? Where there was a report that came out that said, hey, uh, what we're hearing is is that Rogue Squadron is moving out of 2023, but it's going to be replaced by another movie. Mm-hmm. And then that story morphed over the next, the a few days after that, where it was like, um, Rogue Squadron is delayed indefinitely. And then everybody started freaking out, and they were all like, oh my God, oh my God, they canceled another Star Wars movie. I can't believe they canceled another Star Wars movie. I'm going to get the cops called on me. Um, But this week, we got some news that sounds like that is definitely not the case, which is what we kind of discussed, and it seemed like wasn't necessarily what was going on, right? You remember Mm. all that, buddy? I think so. Um, So, if just to give everybody a refresher... Uh, the lady who is set to direct Rogue Squadron is Patty Jenkins. She is the lady right. who directed uh, both of the Wonder Woman movies. And word was that because of Wonder Woman Part 3 and a Cleopatra movie she was signed on for, she didn't have enough time in her schedule to... Um, get Rogue Squadron done in time for 2023. Uh, Well, this week it was announced that Patty Jenkins stepped down from the Cleopatra movie that she was working on and was replaced by Carrie Scogland. And it was specifically cited that the reason she stepped down was so she can focus on Wonder Woman 3 and rogue squadron right my goodness so to me that, that made do- a happy hause yeah that to me that doesn't sound like uh fucking everything's dire right like if if she's dr- taking something off of her schedule to focus on those two movies then it definitely sounds like rogue squadron is still in play it does probably not for um 2023 still I don't think that changes anything because obviously they haven't started shooting Wonder Woman 3 yet and she's probably going to you know shoot that movie sometime next year and it'll come out in 2023 right (laughs) but regardless as I said I didn't think it was anything to get too worried about and and fucking fret about and act like it was the end of the Star Wars world and Every now and then, your boy's right. That's all I'm saying, Will. Every now and then, I might know what I'm talking about. It's rare. Right, more often than now and then. Oh, I I would not agree with that. <clears throat> but every now and then, your boy pulls one out. <laughs> um, So we're talking about High Republic with the Acolyte and stuff. Well, this evening, not too long before we started recording, actually... We got an announcement of a High Republic-based game called Star Wars Eclipse. Um, Mm -hmm. And as is the fashion with a lot of uh, announced games that are in early development, it's a purely cinematic trailer. 
it's a it's a tone trailer it's giving you the tone of the game not really showing you much well actually not showing you any gameplay whatsoever it's all it's a cinematic right yeah i gotta say though it's a hell of a cinematic trailer it is um a lot of what feels like uh is actual footage which i'm sure is not but feels like it well you know that could all be actual footage in the game but we're not seeing gameplay you uh, know what i mean what i meant was like um a lot of it feels like camera footage not necessarily cgi rendered oh no that's all rendered baby I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's so good that a lot of it mm-hmm. kind of looks like film instead of <coughs> rendered graphics. Now, the thing is, like, yeah, that's a kick-ass cinematic. But, you know, being a fan of video games the way that I am, you learn really quickly that a cinematic trailer isn't necessary indicative or indicative. Indicative of the final product right how many right like think about world of warcraft was famous for like oh they're having trailers super involved trailers and then like you know you play the game and it's nothing nothing like that cinematically um you know that's that's mmo which is a little different um the one thing i'll say about this is this so it's a mixed bag for me uh, on the positive side of things, I'm very excited at the prospect of this game, meaning a game set during the High Republic. Um, a game that by the time it comes out, because once again, we have to keep in mind that that EA exclusive contract is still in place till 2023. So this is post-2023 that this game will come out, just like the Ubisoft Star Wars game, just like the Knights of the Old Republic remake, right? All of these games are two to three years away, minimum. So, (laughs) you know, by the time that comes out, we will be well into the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 uh, generation of consoles, right? So... What we're looking, we could be looking at some pretty impressive games visually, um, and hopefully games that take advantage of this new newer hardware, right? So that's mm-hmm. exciting. Um, now, previous games that this studio has made, Quantic Dream, have been um, not the best received. I have played, I think of their, like, I don't know, four or five games they've put out. I've played two. I played a game on the PlayStation 3 called Heavy Rain um, that was kind of like a one of those interactive story-type games, sort of like a more involved Telltale-style game. And this right. was a, a bit of like a seven ripoff where you're kind of investigating a serial killer. And it was all right. At the time, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, And then another game I played of theirs was called Detroit Become Human, which, like, was a very similar type of game, a sort of interactive story set in the near future where there's, like, these super advanced uh, android um, 
people that like sort of live among us, you know, like they don't mm-hmm. look, they look human. And, you know, it's sort of this like story about <laughs> like, I don't know, there's a bunch of different characters. I never finished it, but I thought it was, you know, I thought it was all right. Would either of these games make a top 10, a top 20, a top 30, top 50, top 100 of my all- games of all time? No. But an enjoyable enough experience, I thought. But they're not typically considered great games, right? Mm-hmm. Now, from what I can tell, this game, Star Wars Eclipse, with the very little bit of information we have out there, is not one of those games they actually marketed it as an action-adventure game. So, you know, that's quite a broad genre of games right anything from like zelda to you know uncharted to i mean hell you could probably even consider like halo an action adventure first person shooter right right so there's really no telling but it doesn't seem like from the information we're given that they're going with the same genre of game so that makes me nervous uh and the thing, the biggest issue to me is the fact that the one of the main guys behind this studio, a guy named David Cage, is a colossal asshole. Right? Oh my goodness. He is just an awful dude. Now, you know, what I'm hoping is that it comes out that the team at Quantic Dream that is working on this is separate from david cage's team like i don't know much about this studio i don't know if it's like a a studio that's big enough to have multiple teams within it or if it's like a nah we're a fairly small studio and we focus on sort of one thing at a time i don't really know but it's definitely something to keep in mind like the dude one of the main dudes behind this studio is a real shit heel and that bums me out so you know, <clears throat> for years, you and I talked about, oh, man, I really hope uh, Lucasfilm or Disney or whoever open up Star Wars video games so it's not just exclusive to EA. Like, once EA's uh, contract runs out that they open it up and, like, take individual um, uh, pitches from other studios, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we got that. And... Since they have announced that, there's been a lot of upcoming Star Wars games announced. Like, way more announced than we really got in the EA era, right? Like, we had uh, that Star Wars Hunters game that's coming out next year, I think. We got, um, like I said, the Old Republic remake, the Ubisoft open world Star Wars game that they're working on, and now the Star Wars Eclipse. Well, you know, as has become pretty evident over the last year or two, there's some real shitty people in the video game industry, right? Like, Mm -hmm. real shitty. It's uh, Right now, the big one that's in the the spotlight is all the Activision Blizzard stuff uh, with Bobby Kotick, who is, like, maybe one of the biggest in the, uh, the industry. So, uh, that's kind of a very, I wish it wasn't this way, but until 
there is some, I don't even know what the solution is. Like, how do you fix? Because there's some massive problems in the video game industry as a whole. Wouldn't you agree? Like, with all these stories that have come out over the last few years, because it wasn't just Activision. It wasn't just Quantum Dream. It was also Rockstar, you know, who makes GTA and, um, and Red Dead Redemption. Both games, I'm a fan of both of those games. Uh, it was uh, CD Projekt Red who made The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk. It's been Riot Games who makes League of Legends and Valorant. Uh, you know, like I said, Activision Blizzard, which makes Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and uh, a fuck ton of other stuff. So, mm-hmm. And U- Ubisoft who makes Assassin's Creed. They had some massive shit going on behind the scenes so it sucks they just recently shit the bed with an nft play oh did they yeah ubisoft announced how they were going to put nfts in. i guess uh, uh what's their next big one i forget what game it was but like they they um, it, the backlash was so bad they pulled it yeah, I they have no idea what they're doing with NFTs yet. They're just trying to put something hip, in, you know, trying to yes. crowbar something in there. I, so there, I listened to this video game podcast, uh, Triple Click, right? And it's got three hosts, uh, one of which is Jason Schreier. He's a pretty well-known guy in, like, sort of the video game journalism. A lady ma- named Maddie Myers who works for Polygon. And um, they were talking once in an episode recently and we're sort of talking about how like you know when you're when you're talking about one of these massive video game companies like Ubisoft or Activision or EA I would say those are probably three of the biggest right Right. (laughs) they all like all the higher ups answer to a board a board of directors and sometimes those board of directors are not folks who no shit about video games, by the way. Right. They could be businessmen or hedge fund managers or, you know, massive investors in the company that, and that gets them a board seat. So what a lot of these people that are working with these companies have to do is say shit in like board meetings and investors calls and stuff that sounds like, Oh, like, oh, okay, so we've heard this thing about NFTs. Are you guys going to do anything with that? And they got to be like, yes, we'll do Absolutely, something. Absolutely, we right. have plans for implementation of NFTs. Yeah, yeah. And and so they, I don't I don't know, man. It's it's a weird situation with that NFT shit and There's a misconception about what they are and what they're supposed to do. You know. I I'm pretty sure it's like an it's like an authentication measure. Right. Like, so like the one thing, okay. That I, the one idea I've heard somebody pitch about how NFTs could be used in video games. Wasn't even actually NFTs as much as it was like blockchain technology, blockchain in general. Yeah. So in a world where, physical media for video games is dying at an alarming rate. Like it was, it's been a few years now that digital purchases of video games out finally outsold physical and it has not turned back. Right. Right. 
And I think things like the pandemic with people not wanting to go out to stores to buy video games and, you know, made the, that switch to digital even faster to where you had the two, two of the biggest uh, video game companies this year. When they released their new consoles, they both released digital only versions of their console, right? Um, right. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is the one idea I've seen that I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense is where like, let's say I buy, I don't know, Assassin's Creed DD Mega Doodoo, right? The next big <laughs> Assassin's Creed game. I buy it digitally. Right. I play it and finish it. And I am like, okay, that was cool. Have no plans to ever play that again. Maybe there could be something that ties that purchase into blockchain technology in some way to where then right. I could sell my license to that game. So basically you could buy and sell quote unquote used digital games, much like how you go into a GameStop and you can buy, you know, a used copy of that's Call right. of Duty dump ops or whatever the sh whatever the newest one is, right? Or right. Battlefield 3939, whatever it may be. Um poor so, Battlefield. Whew, took some lumps, taking some lumps. lumps. Um, losing 70% of your player base on Steam is I mean, it just sounds bad. It, it sounds it sounds like a coup de gras. I know that it's taken out of context, but it sounds terrible. Um, but that's ex what your example of NFT, like that's exactly the example I was going to bring up. You know, basically the ability to, you know, loan out your game or, you know, you know, trade, buy, sell, mm -hmm. or even, you know, allow your buddy to play your copy, you know, and maybe it's authenticated through blockchain technology that, you know, you own this specific copy digitally. Yeah. Now, as far as actual NFTs, non-fungible tokens, I would prefer that shit stay as far away from video games as possible. The people freaking out about, oh, I own that image, like, digitally, like, uh, uh, I don't think you understand how this works. <laughs> like, my I favorite is... My favorite was when, like, some crypto NFT bro was bragging on Twitter or social media about some JPEG he just bought. And then there's, like, ten people below it that's just like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for the JPEG. I just right-clicked and saved as this shit. Got it. Yeah, right. I right. love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's what I mean by them not understanding how this works. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't either. All I know is like the environmental stuff that goes on and I have no interest in that. That and like also the some of those crypto bros, man, not my kind of folks. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I mean, I understand. I do like the idea of a decentralized currency, right? A currency that no nation can manipulate. That is an interesting concept to me. Uh, and that's I think that's where NFTs and blockchain comes in is that, and I think that's why a lot of business is so scared. Cryptocurrencies are so volatile at the moment, and uh, they they don't really have they don't have like a centralized bank or a means of manipulating the currency should they feel like they need to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. 
<clears throat> so you want to talk about Akakiri before we hear from our friends? I do. So Akakiri is the final of the uh, Star Wars Vision shorts, and it comes to us by way of uh, the studio Science Saru. Um, Akakiri, by the way, is Japanese for red haze, um, which is... which. Which thematically progresses from the beginning to the end of that episode mm-hmm. in intensity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is one that I'm on record saying, like, not my favorite. And when I say that, I totally mean from an art style and an animation style perspective. Um, as far as the I story really, goes. This is one of my favorites. As far as the story goes and the performances of the voice actors and stuff go, I feel like that stuff uh, is very strong. I did not realize until watching the behind the scenes thing this evening that George Takei is one of the guys, uh, the guys. And I was like, Oh shit, that's awesome. He, uh, I thought it, the, the actor that portrays Lopan mm-hmm. in uh, big trouble, little China. Is it, is it David? Ooh, I should know this. He was in a previous episode, but yes. I, I thought his, um, I thought that was his performance. That was George Takei. Uh, and just by listening to it at first. And I, I as well was surprised that it was George Takei. Um, you know, I think there is a lot to like about this. Like I like how, compact the story is and how good of a job it does telling this whole story over like 13 minutes right where you get all the pieces that you need to understand pretty much at least the main characters right where right you know through some uses of flashbacks and dialogue and stuff you kind of realize that the main character uh was at one point assigned to this planet or was on this planet and fell in love with the princess and then had to leave. And now he's coming back against the wishes of his master and stuff. And And I believe the voice of his master is the guy that plays Denethor in the Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's cool. I believe I could be mistaken. Um, I was actually hyping you up last week about how good you are at picking out voice actors. Oh, really? Yeah, because you've that. got an incredible talent for it. I'm all right at it. Like, I can every now and then. Uh, but a lot of times I mess it up. Like, there is this specific AI you can use in mm-hmm. um, Halo Infinite that I was convinced was James Arnold Taylor. Um, and then I looked it up, and it is indeed not James Arnold Taylor. <laughs> oh, that's so. funny. I'll tell you this, my ear for uh voice work. The guy that does the voiceover for like Clone Wars and and um uh I guess it's Bad Batch too. Are you, are you do you know who I'm The guy about, at the like, beginning that's like, like war and the guy like yeah, yeah, Tom Kane. Yeah, Tom Kane, like he does all the Disney voice and everything, like uh, in a bus and a park. They, oh, really? He, yeah, his voice is everywhere. You know, he's also Yoda in the Clone Wars. 
Oh, okay. I did not know that. Uh, unfortunately, he, you know, he's retired because he had a stroke this year. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, well, I'm glad they have all that on file then. But uh, <clears throat> now, Will, real quick pop quiz. You might it may take you a few guesses because I'm a man of many interests. But what is one of my favorite video game franchises? One of your favorite video game franchises? Long running. Halo. Halo is one of them. That's not the answer I'm looking for. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. That is it. You tell me with a straight face that those creatures that they're riding in this. Uh, oh, totally chocobos. They're too. chocobos, right? Totally 100% chocobos. 100% yeah. chocobos. 100%. That's one of the main things I like about this episode. There's no way around that. Them, them boys is chocobos. Totally chocobos. <laughs> um, and now, in the species that he is fighting, they they kind of have like the wing faces. Like They look familiar. Are they a, a species from star wars canon that i have seen before you know i'm honestly not quite sure like they kind of got like the dragon snout and the goggles and then like the i don't know bone wings on their face um no man this is this is one of those things where our buddy sal sal paralis would be like screaming right now yeah he is screaming at us i'm gonna get a phone call from him in a couple of days it's gonna be like this uh, hey man, uh, how's it going? Um, just wanted to check base with you, touch base with you, and uh, see about recording uh, War of the Bounty Hunters Part 2, and also tell you how dumb you are for not <laughs> knowing that race from Akakiri. So uh, call me back, love you, cool, cool, right on. Just want to make sure you guys are still actually Star Wars podcasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you guys took Star Wars seriously. <laughs> um, I'm I trust the beard of knowledge. I'm looking right now to see. I'm looking on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, don't don't, don't fail, fail me, me now. Now. Uh, now I will say this. So. You know, towards the end where he's fighting all those people, sort of, it's him versus a bunch of folks. Right. Um, I, that's the my kind of issue with the animation in this episode is like, it just wasn't what I'm looking for from a scene like that, you know? Mm. Um, and it always sticks out to me. It always sticks out to me that scene where I'm like, I wish they could have just done a little more with that. Cause there is some other really cool stuff. Um, in this episode for sure. I think it's a stylized choice, not, not choice, but I think it comes from, you know, the whole feel of samurai movies. Sometimes, you know, it, it is supposed to impress upon you how quick and deadly a samurai is, right? The right. fact that the fight is not drawn out. Right, exactly, uh, and I totally get that. Know, each individual blow being, a, you know, an opponent-stopping fatal strike. And I, I think that kind of eliminates a lot of the flashy, you know, hardcore, sweaty fighting. 
Right. Well, you know, uh, it's not necessarily that that I have an issue with. Like, for instance, you know, there's people are pretty split on that Obi-Wan versus Maul duel on Tatooine from Rebels. Like, they're the fight where Obi-Wan kills Maul, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really like it. I like that it's like two moves and then fucking Maul is done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And the reason I like it is because is because it it draws on the exact influences you're talking about. It's more about the presentation and the animation of that concept in this episode that I'm, it's like I don't want to say the word that I want to say because who am I to fucking criticize? Like I'm not an animator. I'm definitely not. Uh, a Japanese animator. I, you know, I, I'm not a filmmaker of any kind, but it just feels a little sloppy. And like, I don't know. There's just something about it. It's not like the smoothness of the animation doesn't even match up to the rest of the episode. If you know what I mean. Okay. Um, and it's, it's that one spot where like, it's, it's the side view of him taking out like whatever it is, four or five folks. And then the last one turns out to be the love interest. It's that scene. Right. And, uh, you know, it's not that I'm looking for, you know, a, a duel of the fate style fight between him and all these people, something super flashy. It's not that it's more the execution of the animation and it just, mm. it's, it's stuttery. I can't, I can't really put my finger on it um, about exactly what it is. I don't like, but I don't like something it doesn't sit right with me. And I'm, I'll be honest with you. Like as far as the art style goes in this one, there's a lot of stuff I do like, but I don't find the character designs and stuff to be the, the strongest in this one, mm-hmm. as opposed to everything else we got in this series. Um, it's you know that that's a thing with me like there are certain anime that I can't really get into because of the art style um I just have a bit of a block about it I guess and and not just you know Star Wars anime of which we only have nine shorts yeah right just anime anime in general like if the art style doesn't connect with me then I have a hard time connecting with the anime regardless of how good the story is and in this I think the story is really good I think the music's really good I think the performances are really good uh it's just something about the character designs and stuff like that like I'm not a huge fan the character design of Masago the Sith lady Mm -hmm. who uh you know you sort of learn learn through dialogue as the king's sister who betrayed him and stuff and like I think all that's fascinating and I think it's cool that the Jedi crash lands in a B-wing. Like, there's a lot of stuff I do like, but something about the character design and art style just isn't my usual cup of tea. So I think that's the barrier I have with this episode. Okay. It's kind of like, you've seen the Animatrix, right? I have. I think the episode with the runner, the guy who, like, pushes his body so hard he's like a um like what is it like a track and field runner what do you call that um and he's he pushes himself so Cross hard country. no it's like what, what do you when you run around the track 
You know what I mean? And then the in the Olympics, a relay runner? Maybe I don't know. He's one of those. I thought guys. it was called cross country. But... Maybe it is. I don't know. You know one thing I know very little about, <laughs> sir. Running. <laughs> Running. <laughs> um. But anyway, in that episode, like you know, he 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 pushes himself beyond his human limit to where like it's weird he starts seeing the matrix without being unplugged from the matrix or taking the red pill or any of that stuff. Mm. I think that concept is really really cool. The art style and the animation doesn't do it for me. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a very similar situation to this this episode. I think that was the character not mouse, but the the there's a character in the movie and I think that's him that they're referencing in the animatrix. Like the little guy that like idolizes Neo, he basically wakes himself up from the Matrix. I don't think so. maybe I can't, buddy. It's been a little bit. Like I actually want to rewatch the Matrix stuff with the new movie coming out in a couple weeks. So I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, kind of excited for that. Yeah, I am too. You know what I'll be saying to that? I swear, I can't swear this will be the last time. But uh, I've been watching the Beatles get back, so this is what I'm gonna say. Don't let me down. <laughs> I don't think they will let you down. We'll see. Cause uh, not the biggest fan of the second two Matrix movies. Second one I like better than the third one. That third one is rough. Been a while since I watched it. We'll see how it goes. But I am excited about that new one, and I can't help it. So, um, you want to hear from some friends, and we'll call this a night? I do. All right, let's do that. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Kitty cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All righty. Hey, if you want to send in an email or a voicemail to the podcast, it's easy enough. Just send it to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Let's uh, let's get this going. Uh, let's start with our buddy, Tom Chansky, the king of all Toms. King of all Toms. From the Sith list, from Patreon shows, one that's right here on the Blue Harvest Patreon and also the Bad Motivators on the Sith list. Uh, bad motivators and steel wars. Jesus, look at me trying to plug my buddy's stuff. He's like, well, 
talk about don't let me down your ass just let me down halls hmm. here we go let's hear what he has to say awesome will uh it's been a few weeks sorry about that i've had ideas and thoughts but you know timing's been weird um it's getting closer and closer to december 29th and each day i'm getting more excited but also it feels like each week we're starting to get a little bit more video i think you know there was a trailer a few weeks ago then last week we got one of those little promo videos and this week another one and it all looks great and i'm excited i mean yeah i guess i'd like like steel says some names of characters and things like that but i'm still liking the look and feel of everything especially that one shot where boba could be walking into tashi station um but i got a question for you is there going to be a point where there you're you're just gonna say okay that's it i don't want to see anymore i mean because it is you know it, it's not a two-hour movie but it's a seven episode tv show so i don't I, like i'm i'm feeling like i could almost be there but at the same time i just want to see the show um i just you know I, I get that way with the movies too. I don't want to see too much, um, but I want to see where, where you're at with it. You know, how full is your promo tank, so to speak? And also, um, not Star Wars related, but how you feeling about Far From Home? Uh, or No Way Home? <laughs> Far From Home was two years ago. I love Far From Home, uh, but yeah, how you feeling about No Way Home? Anyway, thanks for listening. Keep up the great podcast, and I'll talk with you later. I am stupidly excited. For no way home, you know. Yeah, Sp- me too. Spider Man's my dude, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, I really like the MCU version of Spider Man with Tom Holland, and this is the movie. This is the one that's actually going to get me back in the theater. Like even the Matrix, as excited as I am for that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit my ass on my couch. With my beautiful ass 65 inch OLED TV and watch I was that say, at with home. Your amazing television. And watch that shit at home, right? That's what I'm going to do with The Matrix. And, and you know how everybody was like, you got to see Dune on the biggest screen possible. And to you know how it translated that? The biggest screen possible in my house. That's the how biggest, I'm watching Dune. The, the biggest screen in my living room. Um, you know, Shang-Chi, I didn't see in theaters. Uh, Black Widow I didn't see in theaters. Uh, Eternals I didn't see in theaters. But Spider-Man, that's going to be it. I am going to see Spider-Man in the theater. So I'm very excited for that. Hey, speaking of Book of Boba promotion, um, did you see much Book of Boba promotion at uh, Galaxy's Edge or at Disney while you were there? I didn't. I sent you one picture of a Boba Fett figure but i didn't see any promotion for the book of boba fett stuff yeah and i've never seen that book of Bo- or that uh boba fett figure that's a book of boba F- fuck me that's a boba fett figure that i was uh until that point unaware of yeah um well i'm glad i sent you the picture then so i know they did have life day shirts i, I in retrospect i should have gotten a life day shirt but i just thought it was neat to see yeah the life day stuff is what's going on currently i have a feeling like maybe well actually uh people were posting about it online today i guess in downtown disney um there's a boba fett throne that you can go sit on and take a picture Oh, that's cool. That they put out today. So it seems like maybe that sort of park promotion stuff is kicking into gear now. Um, uh, 
the thing is, is after the Mandalorian season one and two, and I feel like I took in all the promotion for both of those seasons and still was surprised about the content of those seasons, I kind of have faith that they're not going to show us too much. Yeah, that, I was going to say the same thing. I think they've been so good at keeping secrets that they kind of figured out the value of that. Especially <laughs> with Star Wars' you know, original origin of surprises. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the times I agree with it. Like, I, a lot of the times I'm like, yes. This is good. This, this approach is good. But sometimes, man, Star Wars promotion is real fucking goofy. And they could do a better job with it. And when I say they could do a better job with it, I don't mean like, you know, promote Baby Yoda before we see Baby Yoda. You know, obviously no. keep that surprise from us. But like, you know, there is... Even with getting like a new little one-minute promotional trailer over the last couple of weeks like we've gotten like two or three since the initial trailer um even with that all that i feel like they could probably do be doing a better job of promoting promoting the book of boba fett um and i feel like sometimes like the people behind star wars marketing think oh it's star wars it's huge it markets itself but or they're just not sure what their market is. You know, are we going for 20 to 40-year-old fans or are we aiming at the kids? You know, I think they have a hard time deciding. I think because Star Wars fan base is so broad, I don't think they know where to aim yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think Star Wars promotion in general needs work, but... That that aside, I do have some faith that they're not going to show us too much, you know? Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, all right. So next up, we have a voicemail from Jim. Let's hear what our buddy Jim has to say. Good evening, Hawes and Will. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Star Wars video games. Uh, namely, rumors about them and truths and... Rumors that you ever heard about Star Wars Legends, if you will. Um, so, Star Wars Galaxy was that online RPG, uh, or whatever you would call those. And uh, I never got to play when I saw I would see the box and monthly subscription. No, just couldn't get it. Um, but I always wondered, and I heard rumors, and I heard that you could sign up as a bounty hunter or a bartender or whatever and also you could sign up as somebody that's force sensitive and the game was held for years and all these people signed up to be force sensitive and they weren't turning into jedi and uh then i heard that finally one person became a jedi it was a woman with a double-edged lightsaber and all the bounty hunters, as soon as she popped up, they popped up on their whatever uh, instant messenger, and it said, you know, huge bounty for the Jedi. They all attacked, and they all got dusted. Um, is this at all true, or is this just all made up when I was a kid uh, in my head and from rumors that I heard? But have you guys ever heard any? What are some legends that turned out not to be true or were true um, that you guys have experienced over the years? All right, ignite the green. All right, um, you asked the right person this question, my dude, because I was obsessed 
with Star Wars Galaxies when it was out. Star Wars Galaxies, to me, is one of the best Star Wars video games ever made. And it is a shame that it was taken offline and isn't more easily available. I know there's some fan projects out now that have worked to recreate it and have like private Star Wars Galaxy servers. I don't know how hard cool. it is to get into one of those or what all it takes, but it's something I would check out. Star Wars Galaxies was awesome. So <clears throat> Jim is sort of right, sort of wrong about the whole thing in Star Wars Galaxies. So Star Wars Galaxies was set during the original trilogy and they wanted to limit the number of Jedi in the game to be in line with sort of Star Wars canon, right? There shouldn't, mm -hmm. because, you know, if you give people the option to make a Jedi, a lot of people are going to take that. Sure, a lot of people are going to take Smuggler or Bounty Hunter or whatever, right? Right. Uh, so that you could not make a Force-sensitive character or you could not make a Jedi, at first, things changed. They did a big update, I don't know, about halfway through its lifespan that changed things quite a bit. But as it started, you could be like, you know, uh, a gunslinger or a bounty hunter or an engineer or a droid creator. And you could master any class in the game. It wasn't like, you know, with World of Warcraft, for instance, where, you know, you start off as a dwarf hunter and you're a dwarf hunter for the whole game. If you wanted to play a mage, then you got to make a new character. You could right. literally pick up any class and master it <clears throat> all on the same character. So, you know me, buddy. I was like, all right, well, I want to be a bounty hunter. And you couldn't make right. a bounty hunter off first. You had to, like, master three or four classes to unlock the bounty hunter class. So that's kind of what I was, was working towards. Um, and they always said, you will be able to become a Jedi, but it's going to be a really hard process. And, um, you know, not everybody's going to be able to do it and all this stuff. Well, it kind of turns out that when that game launched, there wasn't even like a system in place for Jedi. It was basically impossible to become a Jedi. So, like, maybe for the first year plus of the game, you know, you definitely had people speculating and wondering, but nobody ever did it. And then what happened was, eventually they updated the game, and the way it was initially that you had to unlock, like, your Jedi character slot or whatever it was, mm -hmm. was you would, basically you had, each character had a random set of like four or five classes that they had to max out. And once you maxed out those classes, you would unlock your Jedi character slot. And it was random for everybody. So it wasn't like every person, you know, had to max out smuggler and politician and so on and so forth. Right. Uh, so like really the only way you could do it, like you could literally end up having to max out every single class before you unlocked your Jedi character. But then eventually they added holocrons. And when you'd get a holocron, which was sort of a rare item, you could use it and it would tell you one of your classes that you needed to knock out, right? Okay. And the first one I got was droid engineer. So I had to max out the droid. I'll tell you this. I never unlocked my Jedi class. That's how much of a pain it was. And I was 
goodness. I was to say, you played a lot. I did. So, Jim was sort of right, sort of wrong. I do remember when the lady, it was a lady who unlocked the first Jedi character slot, but I don't know, because like, you know, in the lead up to this game, they were talking about, oh yeah, and, and if you're a Jedi, you got to watch out because everybody's going to be after you. The Empire's going to be after you. All the bounty hunter players are going to have you as bounties. I don't know if that was ever actually implemented or if that was ever a thing. Um, And I only have one. This wasn't like an online rumor or anything. I only have one rumor that I remember hearing as a kid that bummed me out when it turned out not to be true. But that was in the Boy Scouts with this kid who told me his uncle was working on the next Super Star Wars game and it was for episode one. And this was a couple of years before episode one came out. Wow. And so like I was just expecting there to be a Super Star Wars The Phantom Menace coming out eventually. And right. that should, obviously that shit never came out. So I was big disappointed. I'd be disappointed too if I was a young Oz. Do you remember any sort of Star Wars video game legends or rumors that you ever heard? I don't. And I hate that I don't, but I just don't have any. Yeah, it's not, you know, there's a lot of weird video game legends and lore out there. And most of them don't pertain to Star Wars. <laughs> All right, let's check out this voicemail. I believe this is from our buddy Tracy Moon. Hey, Oz. It's Tracy Moon. You know, I was thinking about it. And I just think it's kind of time for everybody to just put this whole nonsense to rest. I mean, <sighs> knee rockets, they're not even real. Uh, dick reduction, you've even denied. This just never happened. But would you be able to make a statement regarding the current speculation that you actually have had a rocket dick installed? I understand that they're easy to keep clean, but it's also a rocket dick, which I guess is probably pretty cool. Would you like to elaborate on this? Thank you. You did this to me, Will. This is I all... can neither confirm nor deny the existence of Hawes' rocket-powered penis. All I'm going to say is no comment. It smells, smells like diesel fuel. But I'll say this. If such a thing existed, how would I... What would fuel a solid-state rocket in my dick, right? Where would I keep the fuel? In my butthole? That's not comfortable. Maybe it runs on biodiesel. So when you fart, it just makes power for your rocket-powered penis. Or it, or it, it, it like uses that um, fuel for like model rocket kits. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Or like that fuel like um, that folks use in the fuel-powered um, RC cars. Ooh. Oh shit, my dick's melting down. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when you back up. <laughs> nice. All right, next up we got a voicemail from Josh Wright. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh. I hope you guys are doing well. I believe this week you're talking about Star Wars Visions Akakiri. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, please correct me, Haas. Um, I, this was the vision short that I probably enjoyed the least because I found it very frustrating and I'll tell you why 
I really loved the story. I thought it was a cool kind of dark reflection of the Anakin and Padme story. But I really did not like the animation style. Um, I like it when uh, modern animators will go for a retro style. I think that can be really cool. Uh, but I thought the creators of this short went too far. And instead of just imitating the retro style, they imitated the retro crappiness. And the best example of this that springs to mind is they do the thing where nothing on the screen is moving except the character's mouth. I understand why this was done in um, anime and other kinds of animation back in the 80s and 90s. Um, I understand it was done to, you know, um, save money, cut costs. I get that. But there's no excuse for doing it in this... In in this kind of thing. We've had so much great animation in this Visions series, um, and I'm sure they had a pretty big budget for this short. Just doing that mouth thing was just, it's not cute. Um, it's not cool. It's not stylish. It's just annoying. It reminds me of that bit they used to do on the Conan O'Brien show where they'd um, put a celebrity's face on a screen and it would just be the mouth of somebody uh, doing an impression of them uh, moving on there. Um, I think it was usually Robert Smigel who did those. Anyway, um, it reminded me of that bit and not in a good way. So what do you guys think? Did you find that as annoying as I did? Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts as, um, as people who are kind of m more familiar with anime than I am. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Um, I know you guys are keeping it clean. So... May the force be Shoot. with you. The cleanest. You know I keep it clean. As I said, this again, this animation did not get on my nerves the way it did you guys, so I I can't speak to it quite yeah, like you guys can. That's the thing we kinda already talked about. Like, you know, I'm definitely not trying to be a dick or dismissive of Josh's uh voicemail, but I do like it's my my least favorite animation style. Of the nine shorts or eight. Is it nine? It's nine, right? Yeah, I believe it's nine. <sighs> um, and one thing I would like to add, uh, uh, Josh, buddy, I really appreciate your confidence in me being able to correct pronunciation. But if there's anybody you should not put that confidence in, I think the record states that it is me. That I am not nice. someone you should go to for pronunciation of things. I don't know. You usually get it right. Ooh, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know. I am sure that uh, most of these uh, shorts were fairly high budget, but you know. It, uh, this was all made mostly during the pandemic too. So who's to say that there wasn't budget or time issues or, or deadline issues or whatever. Um, right. And it's, it could just be, I mean, honestly, from the behind the scenes thing, they kind of make it clear that it was also just an artistic choice. They really wanted it to 
it was reflect some of Akira Kurosawa's exactly, later work. Exactly, which I appreciate, but I feel like other shorts did it, and I don't want to say better, but did it in a way that uh, was more appealing to me. D- did that same, took that same concept, right? Mm-hmm. And and sort of nailed it a little better. All right, we got one more voicemail, and that's from our buddy Rick Villanueva. Hey, Oz and Will, it's, uh, it's your boy Rick, and uh, I just got a quick question for you. So, we got this uh, this show coming with a uh, guy with a helmet in a couple of weeks, um, Bob, Bob Fett, and I was wondering, maybe more so for you, Haas, specifically, but when you watch, uh, especially the original trilogy now, do you picture Tem under the helmet? Or do you still maybe see it as Jeremy Bullock in, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? You know, that's something that in my head I've kind of wrestled with, kind of going back and forth. Obviously, time is Boba, you know, no doubt. You know, that's that's his character from here on out. But I'm just wondering how you guys um, view the character under the helmet in some of the older material. So uh, I'll, I'll let you guys ponder on that. And... Uh, yeah, that's about it, guys. Uh, keep it clean, and I'll talk to you soon. May the force be with you. You know I keep it clean. I always think of Tamara Morrison. I do too. Face of Boba Fett. So ever since Django Fett. Yeah, you know, I, that's just what I assumed Boba Fett looked like. So to me, right, I'm able in my mind to like sort of put myself in two scenarios. One scenario is. I'm on set of Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, right? And they're filming mm-hmm. Boba Fett stuff, and the person takes their helmet off. That's Jeremy Bullock. Um, and man, do I love me some Jeremy Bullock. What a dude. What a awesome dude. But in-universe, ever since Attack of the Clones, man. Like, because that was... you like, how much as a kid did you wonder what Boba Fett looked like that under there, right? Right. It's kind of like how... You know, obviously you always wondered what Vader looked like under the helmet and then you get to see it at the end of Return of the Jedi or how like watching a Friday the 13th movie, you're like, man, I wonder what Jason looks like under that mask. The answer is fucked up. That's the answer. So, yeah, as a That's kid. That's what you assume Boba looks like, too, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, or something. You I'm, figured there's something like, doing could under be there. could messed up looking under there. So, as a kid, I just wanted to know, like, oh, my God. What's this dude look like under the ma- uh, the helmet? And then we get the character Django Fett, and it turns out like Boba is a clone of him. So I was like, well, there you go. That's what he looks like. Kinda. That's kind of what he looks like. And I would also like to go on record. I don't know that it was on here because <clears throat> you, you've never been against Tamora returning as Boba. Like whenever we never. talked about it. I got to say, you know, when I was on Rogue One, Johnny might not have been as big of a fan of this idea, right? And that might really? be putting it lightly. And I always said, dude, you got to bring Tamora back, and I know exactly how you make him look. Like I, Because he was in a season of that show, Spartacus. Yeah. And he was like a... Um, uh, a guy that trained the arena fighters, right? And I was right. like, 
and he's all scarred up and shit. And I was like, that's, that's what you do. That's what you do. You bring Boba back. You make him look like that because he's been in the Sarlacc. You could probably go listen to episodes of this show. I'm sending you a picture right now, Will, of me saying that exact thing. <clears throat> or if not this, at least old episodes of Rogue One, wherever the fuck they might be. <clears throat> and uh, what did they do? They kind of went with that idea. They did. They were listening. They were no. listening to you all That's along. Not, nope. I am not claiming that at all. I'm just saying... <laughs> I can have a good idea every now and then. Every now and then I have a good idea, especially when it comes to my dude Boba. So yeah, in universe, I just always, like, so yeah, if I'm watching Empire Strikes Back, of course, my mind goes, oh, that's Jeremy Bullock in the costume. But as far as in universe goes, if the helmet was to come off, Tamora. Tamora all the way. Whew, I think that does it for us, buddy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think that's the... Uh... Oh, so I did want to bring up one thing. Um, we have a friend of the podcast, Hannah, right? She's written in a few times. Actually, mm -hmm. we had a um, voicemail from her last week. So the last weekend, I believe it was, or last week, her house burned down completely like oh that's awful it's, it's awful thankfully she's okay her dad's okay nobody was hurt but that like it was brutal dude like you know my house burnt down when i was in high school and this yeah, is like uh 10 times worse than the house fire i went through so oh my goodness if you guys have the means donate to her GoFundMe. It's going to be the very first link in our show notes. There's a GoFundMe um, to help with, uh, you know, help get them back up on their feet after such a tragedy. So uh, I'm going to put that link in the show notes. You know, I know like when it happened when I was in high school, like people showed up in a big way. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah. at the school we went to people at our church so on and so forth so um like i said i'll put this link in the show notes if you have the means uh toss them a couple of bucks because i know it'd mean a lot and uh absolutely there's some folks that could use some help uh besides that uh much less important stuff leave us a five-star review on itunes uh check out stoned cobra on Bandcamp iTunes and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com, Spotify, and uh, check out High Potion if you like video games. And that'll do it for us this week, buddy. That's one good damn-ass podcast. I am real glad to have you back, my dude. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously. It's always good to be back. Obviously, I'm glad you got to go away with the family and go to Disney, but I'd be like, I'd be rudderless without my will to help guide this blue harvest beast whatever that's not the case there's nothing wrong with Hawes being solo uh, sometimes it's probably a better take I don't know about without my dumb ass it, bringing up stuff that I know nothing about buddy fake it till you make it 
I don't know, man. I I don't want to hear that. You want to know what a bad take is? A bad take is that the podcast is better without you on it. That is a bad take, and I fully <laughs> reject that take. So, well, I'm glad you do because I certainly like being here. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I think we're gonna let you guys go. I think me and Will and I uh, might. Uh, me and Will and I. There's a third person in there somehow. Will. There's room. Did for you hear that? Me, yeah. Will, and I. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of a. You're the meat in a Hall's bread sandwich. We got some Halo to play over the next couple of days, so we'll. Yeah, we do. Catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. You guys are the best. This has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hall's Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>